Hi, and thank you for joining me today on the Press On podcast. I'm continuing from last podcast uh, dealing with the topic of successfully overcoming trials. Uh, I was hoping to get it all into one podcast, but I I didn't. So I'm going to uh, follow up here, and I'm going to complete this. You know, uh, in that first uh, part of successfully overcoming trials, we we're reading out of James chapter one, uh, and we talked about where trials are events that happen in our lives, and those trials produce an effect of temptations. And we talked about uh, that being approved by God is what James is talking about here. He's encouraging believers that had been scattered abroad, that were facing a multitude of serious trials and testings, and the the enemy of their soul, Satan and the world, are always there ready to pounce on uh, believers especially, but um, uh, it's because he wants to take advantage of the weaknesses of our flesh. Those are the three sources of trials and temptations, uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And uh, James is writing in verses 12 through 16 about how the flesh, us, we have a responsibility. We're not victims. Uh, uh, We can't take a place of uh, being irresponsible. It's when each one of us in our natural man are drawn away, we're enticed, we desire, we want something, and we're lured into this temptation whereby we accuse God. Many people today are pointing a finger at God and blaming God, saying, why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this to me? And they don't understand the context. So James is speaking to them that these temptations come, but we've got to overcome those. And the fact that blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is approved by God, uh, God who has promised to give a crown of life, the victor's crown. And so that's why I said this James is speaking about successfully overcoming trials, not to be overcome by trials uh, and not to remain or to be in a place of victimized, but being uh, a victor. So I want to continue because temptation number one is to say to God, you're tempting me. It's your fault. You're doing this to me. That's a lie. That's a false accusation. Uh, It can come from our uh, weaknesses of our flesh. The enemy can take uh, opportunity to that to seize us because he's the accuser of the brethren. He's the one who's always opposing God. He's the one who wants to um, uh, further move us away from faith and move us into fear and anger toward God. But there's also a second and a third temptation that I want to bring to you so that when, if and when this happens, you will be ready to face it uh, because God has a, a plan for you to be an overcomer. Can you say amen? All right. In James chapter 1, verse 21, he, we read, and James writes, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like a man observing him his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, but then goes away and immediately forgets what manner of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, 
and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. My friends, this is James pointing out to us a second temptation. First temptation, when you're in the midst of trials under the press and pressure, there's an inclination for us to want to escape, to not accept that it's our own uh, lust and things that the enemy of the world has taken advantage of, and we want to accuse God. But the second one is that in the midst of trials, and today some of you are in such intense trials, you don't understand why, you've tried to fix it, you can't, you're looking for an out, it's not there, you're not understanding why God uh, and James is addressing these things to say to us that God's plan for trials is always for your good. My friends, you've got to believe that. If you don't believe that, you're not believing what God has said, and therefore you're not believing God. How can you be overcomers if we don't believe God and don't believe his word? And as we read, the word comes up two or three times in regards to these temptations. So the second temptation that James says is this, in the midst of of these intense trials, uh, or they could be short but intense and, and repeated. Some people go from one thing to the next to the next, and we don't understand why. We think, well, if it was one testing or trial, I could go through it, might be able to bear up under it, but now it's been multiple ones back to back. What am I to do? James says here the temptation is that the believer who's been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, falls short by stopping the obedience to Christ in doing good deeds. Not good deeds for salvation, but good deeds that are produced by a divine faith that's working in our lives. Again, I said last time that James is not writing only about trials. He's literally writing about faith. He is writing to strengthen the faith of these believers scattered abroad under trials and temptations to encourage them, to instruct them that they can be successful in overcoming the trials. And again, not just surviving, but thriving to where they come out blessed, approved with the victor's crown. And James is writing here that this second temptation is a very real one. Let me ask you, when you're in the midst of all these testings and trials, how do you feel about serving God? Do you feel motivated to continue to read the Word of God, to pray and have fellowship with God? Do you feel still excited and, and highly uh, motivated to evangelize the lost or obey God in discipling like we are commanded to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and to make disciples? How do you, I say, feel? Because that's, that's not only how we communicate, but that's literally sometimes communicating that we're allowing our feelings, our emotions during these times of trials to dictate our behavior. James is saying this, that in the midst of trials that often are derived from our own lust and desires, if we will lay aside this wickedness and this inclination, not accuse God, but lay hold with meekness the implanted word. The implanted word. John 1 says Christ is the word. Christ is in you. The word of God is in you. Then also we have this written word. 
And if we are accusing God, I can assure you, you're not feeling close to God. You're not feeling necessarily intimate with the Lord. If we're accusing him and we're feeling victimized and we're being irresponsible, James is saying the implanted word is able to save you. It'll save you. It saved you in the past. It'll save you today. And it'll save you tomorrow. And this implanted word is the power of God implanted in us that God intends, despite every trial, to bring you through successfully. And yet, the problem is, and the temptation is, that in the midst of our trials, James says, do not stop allowing the Christ in you, the implanted word in you, do not stop it from motivating you and moving you to good works. If you look uh, at the Word of God, if you hear the Word of God, if you read it, but you don't act upon it, if you say, I don't feel like serving God, I'm not sure what I'm doing for God is of any value, Uh, I'm not as important as somebody else, well, I'm quite significant compared to uh, greater Christians that are on TV or even like uh, Brother Keith, I don't do podcasts, who am I? Uh, And we just give up, we stop producing uh, faith in, in the book of James, he writes out almost 20 positive uh, works that faith accomplishes in our lives. Tw- almost 20 of them. That f- the true faith uh, uh, in Christ m- always works. It always produces. But if we stop doing, if we stop allowing our faith to arise, to say today in the face of whatever trial, Father, I believe you. I feel a lot of things. Everything looks negative, and and I feel like giving up. I feel like giving in. I feel like throwing in the towel. I feel like just hitting the pause button, putting it in 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 neutral, and then hoping in a day, a week, this trial will pass me by, and then I can get back to normal. Uh uh-uh. uh, no, my friend. If we are not doers of the word, then we are quenching that. We fall into that temptation. And the power of God is not able to flow through us. It's not enough to have the power of God, the word, that implanted word in us, but we have to allow it to flow through us. There are others around you that are watching you. They know that you're a believer. They've heard you say it. They've seen it in your life. But now you're under tremendous testings. How will you respond to God? How will you uh, position yourselves Uh, in a place of either success or a place of failure. And we can't afford, James is saying, to stop being doers of the Word. Um, And he says, but if we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it, a lot of people say, well, I'm praying. Well, I've been reading the Bible. I'm not sure I'm getting a lot out of either one. I'm trying. Uh, And then you say, well, what are you doing? What do you mean? Well, what are you doing for God? What, what are you doing out there? We're to be salt. We're to be light. He didn't say stop when you go through trials. We're to be impactful. We're to have a voice for God. We're to speak and to draw others to Christ. There, there's no exemption for uh, responsible Christian behavior even when we're going through trials. Maybe even more so because people are watching. If we will look into this law of liberty and continue in it, He says, you will be blessed. Just think of that. You're wanting the blessings. I'm wanting the blessings of God. And yet feelings are driving us. And we stop being obedient. 
We stopped being aggressive in living out our Christianity. Today, I think we've got a lot of Christians, but they're silent. We've got a lot of Christians, but they're hearers only. And they would say, because of this and that and this, and well, the church and the pastor and the society and the politics. My friends, Jesus is saying to us through James, the law of liberty, this implanted word, it'll save you, it'll drive you, it'll sustain you, and what? It will uh, cause you to be blessed. If you will continue to serve God and be intentional in serving God, be a doer of the word in the midst of your trials, you're going to see the power of God released. You say, well, I don't feel it. You don't have to feel it. The righteous live by faith. We don't live by our natural senses. We live by that sixth sense, the sense of the Holy Spirit, and God's word is true. Now, let me wrap this up and say this. James gives a third temptation, and this is what we're talking about. Trials are the event. Temptation is what? Temptations is the effect. The effect of temptations to us is to always destroy our faith, cause us to be weak and wavering and to not be successful, not to be overcomers, and not to be blessed. He says in verse 26 and 27, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. This one's religion is useless. Now listen, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. Now, most time when we hear that verse, we stop right there. Oh, this is true religion. If you really want to be on track, you really want to be seen as a powerful believer, minister to widows and orphans. Give to widows and orphan ministries. But we stop there. But that verse doesn't stop. It says, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now, one thing about these temptations that James is saying, these are temptations to keep you from being successful and to overcome every trial in order to thrive in your walk with Christ. Three temptations, every one of them encountered a deception. Yeah, you go back and look. When you accuse God, you're deceiving yourself. When we say we're believers, we say we trust God, and yet we stop being obedient, doers of the word, he says you deceive yourself. And now, third temptation here is uh, bridling the tongue. If we don't do that, we deceive ourselves and our religion is useless. Now, when you look into the book of James and you go over to look at chapter 3, all of chapter 3 speaks about the untamable tongue. Now, I want you to read that and read it, study it, think about that. The Bible says there that no man can tame the tongue. And yet, he says that uh, if we don't tame the tongue, we deceive our own heart. Now, is that a contradiction? Not at all. In chapter 3, he's saying here, no man of our own strength, our own will, none of us can tame our unruly tongue. That smallest uh, physical uh, appendage is a source of tremendous power and wickedness. Remember, the power of life and death is in the tongue. It's true. Of our own flesh, nobody can tame it. And yet, if you go with Paul and you look in the book of Galatians chapter 5, he lists the fruit the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in the life of the believer. And the last 
fruit he mentions, um, last but not least, is self-control. The Holy Spirit living in us can put, even as the psalmist David said, put a watch, put a control, a, a guard, a gate over my mouth. Uh, the Holy Spirit in you and me can control our tongue. And we know that uh, from the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is he saying? Controlling of the tongue starts by being surrendered and yielded to the Holy Spirit and walking and doing the Word of God, not letting our tongue speak evil of God, and not letting our tongue speak evil of men around us. We have to control the tongue, and the only way we can do it is through the Holy Spirit. These things are all combined. So in the midst of our trials, we want to accuse God. We want to uh, well, we don't want to, but in the midst of a trials, the temptation is for us to accuse God of not being faithful, to not continue in our obedience to God through good works, and now we throw off restraint, we fight against or we do not yield to the Holy Spirit, and we let our tongue go wild. We're saying we're a believer, but all manner of wickedness, he says in chapter 3, with the tongue you bless God and you curse men. These things ought not be. Fresh water, salt water should not come out of the same spout. So the, he's saying that if we say we're believers and we're going through trials, but we're letting our tongue just flow, then the abundance of the heart is being seen in our words and that our words are speaking death. They're not speaking life. They're speaking fear and doubt and unbelief and wickedness. He says that nullifies the statement that you might make of saying that you've got faith in God. In other words, we are to pursue uh, in our time of temptations, in the midst of our trials, we still have a responsibility to make our religion authentic by moving in holiness. The tongue reveals the heart, right? And so we've got to make sure that we keep the heart right. This uh, when he speaks about pure and undefiled religion, this is not an exclusive list that only orphans and widows are the, are the two ways uh, only that God approves you or this is the highest evidence of undefiled religion. If it stopped at widows and orphans, we might say that. These are two vulnerable groups, and the Bible has plenty to say about them. But what about the elderly? They're vulnerable. What about the disabled? They're vulnerable. What about uh, children? Not necessarily orphans, but children. They're vulnerable. So this, this is not exclusive. What he's saying here, that is undefiled religion, the purity, the holiness of the religion of Christ in us, the hope of glory, is seen that when in the midst of trials, we keep ourselves unspotted from the world. We don't let our tongue run wild. We don't allow the natural man to take over. We don't uh, uh, grieve the Holy Spirit by, by a lack of understanding and a lack of submission and yieldedness. No, no, no. James is saying here, keep yourself unspotted from the world. How do we know the tongue is being controlled by the Holy Spirit? So these are the three temptations. Each temptation uh, uh, carries uh, the, the temptation itself carries the, the, uh, the possibility of being deceived. You read that, three temptations, three chances of deception. And yet, 
If we will not speak evil against the Lord, if we will continue to do good deeds in obedience to God, and we allow the Holy Spirit through being yielded to him to be the leader and guide of our lives, we keep ourselves unspotted. We'll see that when our tongue is speaking praise and glory and honor, and we serve people around us, whether they're widows and orphans or whomever. Pure and undefiled religion is this, keeping yourself in holiness in the midst of trials. The world doesn't do that. When they go through trials, anger, wrath, malice, uh, deceit, accusations, uh, violence all comes out. We've seen that erupt all across our country. God is calling believers to live in a different way. Many of you today, and I'm going to conclude with this, you're under such tremendous uh, trials. And through this uh, praying and preparing for this, I have prayed for you. I don't know you by name. I mean, maybe a few of you just because you've uh, gone on to uh, a website or YouTube and you've left a message or something. The vast majority, I don't know you. But I, I, I feel you. Paul said, I have a weight. Uh, I feel a burden of the care of the church. I felt some of that from you. And I've prayed for you. And in the midst of trials, this is why God had me bring this to you. You can be successful in your trials. Because God is in you. God is with you. And, and these temptations are not to surprise you and overtake you. They shouldn't uh, uh, cause you to think, well, why me? No, you should say this is normal. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, uh, but he delivers us from them all. Speak the word of God. Let that unruly tongue under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit speak his words out. Speak, I am more than a conqueror. Say, this is what overcomes the world, even my faith in God, that you're meant to be an overcomer. This is not some pep talk. I'm not talking, I mean, you really feel when you go through these things. I do too. I'm not exempt by any stretch. Uh, Don't think that I'm preaching this to you uh, and because I live on some other planet and some other high cloud and, and I don't go. No, I go through things just as you do. My feelings are just as acute as yours. But somewhere along the way, some of us, we've got to believe what God is saying. And James is writing to people in trials. You're meant to be overcomers. You're meant to go through these things as a witness God's going to do a work in you. He's going to do a work through you. And you're going to come out thriving in Christ, even if you suffer loss along the way. Know that the trying of your faith is going to work on your behalf. It's for our good. So let's face our trials. Let's call them what they are. But then let's elevate ourselves to the perspective of God and say, this trial is not going to be my end. I'm not going to accuse God. I'm not going to stop my obedience in doing good works according to the Word of God. And I'm not going to allow my natural man's feelings and that uncontrollable tongue. Uh, The Holy Spirit is in me. I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pursue holiness. I'm going to pursue righteousness in Christ. And God is going to approve me. I'm going to come through it because of God. I'm going to come out better because of God. I'm going to come out approved because of God. And I'm going to receive a crown. I'm going to be victorious. Some of you today, you've thought, you've really thought you're not ever going to come out of these trials. You've really thought and you've felt that uh, this could be the end of you. My friend, I am countering that today in the name of Jesus. And I'm declaring you the word of God. 
that you are meant to go through this trials successfully and as an overcomer. Amen. I know you want to be, and I'm telling you today, God not only wants you to be, but he's pointing out these temptations that you can identify them, call them by name. I will not accuse God. I will not stop my obedience and good works, and I'm not going to uh, come out from under the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to let my tongue run wild and speak all manner of death. People are going around saying, well, I can't, and I won't, and this is probably going to happen, and, uh, and they just speak death over themselves, and they don't even realize it. And we curse men around. Well, they're wicked, and they're stupid, and they've done this, and that's their fault, and I'm the victim. No, stop all of that. God is saying today that the implanted word is going to save you. You're going to come out blessed, and you're going to have a faith that's been tried, yeah, seven times by the hottest fire, but it'll burn out the dross, and you will be presented blameless and holy to Christ that is coming. You're meant to be an overcomer, and I declare that over you in the name of Jesus. So thank you for joining me. Press on, my brothers and my sisters. God bless you.